All the focus for the Jets right now is on Aaron Rodgers, but they need to add some pieces around him. They especially need to get Rodgers another wide receiver, and we'll talk about why on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, April 3rd, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com, reminding you to subscribe to this podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts for free, so that you can get the latest episode as soon as it's posted. If you enjoy the show, please give it a five-star review wherever you're listening, or a big thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. Well, we continue to wait for the Aaron Rodgers trade to happen. I keep saying it, one of these days, Jets are going to get Aaron Rodgers and we'll be able to talk about it. But I was thinking, it's been a quiet offseason for the Jets otherwise. There really have not been many, many moves other than Rodgers. They need to add some pieces around Rodgers, though, especially at the skill positions. And today we're going to talk about what the Jets need to do at wide receiver, running back, and tight end to give Aaron Rodgers some help. But as I said, the Jets have been very quiet this offseason, very few moves. In fact, it's kind of an interesting situation because the Jets are on the verge of adding one of the biggest names in the sport. They're on the, on the verge of adding one of the most iconic players of his era. And I guess that's what's filling up the news, because when you really think about what the Jets have actually done to this point, it's been very little. There's not been much impact added. Now, this has been kind of a weak free agent class to begin with, and it's not for a lack of trying. The Jets, of course, did try to sign guys like Fletcher Cox and Orlando Brown, and there were a few others guys they just unfortunately missed out on, but they they need to make some moves, um, and you know, it, we're kind of in what I think of as the third phase of free agency, and there, there's, you know, there's some overlap between these phases that I'm going to talk about. The first phase is like the top guys, the big money that gives that gets given out, and to me, that a lot of that's the dumb money, because a lot of these guys who are at the top of the free agent class, they get a contract the first day or two. And one of the reasons they're willing to sign so quickly is that they get an offer so big that they, you know, there's no reason to even negotiate. There's no reason to even try and find another team. It's an offer that's so good that they'd be crazy to turn it down. Then you have the second phase of free agency, the guys who maybe don't get as much money, but they get paid reasonably well. And if, you, if you're smart in this phase, you can really help your team out. You can really make things happen for your team. You know, I think about the Bengals two years ago. You know, they had an outstanding free agency period. They added some key pieces who helped propel them to their Super Bowl run two years ago. A good example of a guy the Jets signed would be DJ Reed, who, you know, they got him on a good contract and an ascending player. And, you know, unfortunately, there have not been many like that. The Jets have really struck out in both the first and second phases of free agency under Joe Douglas outside of DJ Reed and maybe a few exceptions here or there. I think Sheldon Rankin's another guy I could say, was kind of a was kind of a good signing Connor McGovern back in 2020, but Jets unfortunately have not done so well in that phase. Now you have what's I think it was the third phase, and these are just guys who are you know old guys who are probably going to get one year contracts, looking to stay in the league. You know maybe there's a guy who's a surprise cut you can, who you can get, and this is the phase the Jets are operating in right now, and I think that this is going to be the phase that the Jets are going to utilize to try and build around Aaron Rodgers. And that's not a surprise. I think, you know, the Jets have pretty much been leaning into the idea that they're going to be very focused on the short run, 
They're going to be very focused on build, building a veteran team that can, you know, try and fill in veteran pieces around Rodgers, guys that he likes personally. I mean, a number of these guys, you know, including Odell Beckham Jr., are guys he's personally signed off on, according to reports. And that's what the Jets will focus on. They certainly, I think they certainly need to add another wide receiver. Now, we, we, now, one thing is we're, we're starting from a much better point than the Jets have been at since, I don't know, 2015, 2016, because for the first time since that stretch, and that was a very short stretch with Brandon Marshall. If you forget about Brandon Marshall, I mean, you probably have to go back to the Lavernius Coles days where you can enter the season confident that the Jets have a go-to pass catcher. And that's what they have in Garrett Wilson. This is better than better spot than they were in a year ago at this time. It was a better spot than they were in two years ago at this time. Three years, you, know, you name it. Jets have a go-to guy at the wide receiver position. It's, it, it had been a very long time before that was the, since that was true. And it's true right now. So the Jets have Garrett Wilson. It's nice, nice to have a go-to guy. But after that, you know, things get very shaky. And I know Alan Lazard's getting a lot of hype, but, I mean, this is a guy who's played with Aaron Rodgers his whole career. And, you know, he's never even gotten 800 yards. And last year he was kind of force-fed the ball. He had his best season of his career, most productive season statistically. And, you know, really was still under 800 yards. You know, he's got his spots. I think you'll see, I think you'll actually see a fair amount of uh, playing time in the slot this year. I think, you know, the Jets will use that as a matchup spot. They'll try and use Lazard's size. I think stylistically, maybe he brings an element that you've lacked. You know, the Jets haven't, you know, Corey Davis really has not panned out as like the big receiver. So maybe he, Lazard could be a contested catch guy, things along those lines. Not a bad depth player. No, not a bad, and when I say depth, I don't necessarily mean a bench. I mean, I think Lazard is a starting caliber receiver, but I don't think you want him to be your best guy. I don't think you want him to be your second best guy. I certainly don't think you want to be one injury away from him being your go-to guy. You know, last year, the talk was that Green Bay did not have a great group of receivers. Well, Lazard was a big part of that. Before last year, there was talk that the Packers really had Devontae Adams and not much behind him. That's the group Lazard was in. He's fine as a you know, depth player. He's fine as a role player. He's fine. He has his role. But, you know, he's not a guy you really want to count on to be an integral part of your passing attack. And the same thing goes for Nicole Hardman. You know, he's, I think Nicole Hardman is an excellent addition if he's replacing Braxton Berrios, if you're going to scheme up some touches for him if you're going to try and design some things he's also got good speed you know he might be more of a deep threat than Berrios but again a supporting player in your offense a guy who's not been particularly productive through his career and you know it's always easy when a guy hasn't been productive to blame everybody else but in cases like Lazard and Hardman it's really difficult to do Lazard you know had Aaron Rodgers so it's not even a chemistry thing Hardman was in the Kansas City offense so are we really suggesting that the Jets are going to know how to use Lazard, uh, not Lazard, uh, Hardman better than Andy Reid knows how to use him. And, well, look, the Jets are going to have Aaron Rodgers, so they'll have an excellent quarterback. But, you know, that quarterback out in Kansas City, you know, he's pretty good too, Patrick Mahomes. You know, I've, I've seen a couple of receivers have success with him. And Hardman, you know, was really kind of a situational. He's a role player. And when I say role player for Hardman, I think he's more of a depth guy. He's a guy you can count on if there's an injury. Maybe he needs to step up for a week or two. He's a guy you can find, you can scheme touches for, you can kind of take over that Berrios role. Maybe he can help you a little bit in the return game. But the Jets are kind of lacking that second guy. I think if Garrett Wilson is a good first guy, I think if Lazard is a good third guy, I think if Hardman is a good fourth guy, who's that second guy going to be? And I think it's going to come externally. Now, Aaron Rodgers is kind of famous for, you know, being hard on young receivers. There are, you know, Christian Watson was an exception. It's not that Rodgers is incapable of trusting a young receiver, but it takes, you know, there are quarterbacks who really bring young receivers along and there are quarterbacks who you need to earn their trust. 
And Rodgers seems to be more in the latter category. If you followed his career, it's obviously possible that a young receiver can gain his trust as Watson began to late last season. But I think it's probably going to be more likely to be a veteran. You know, I'd be surprised if the Jets drafted receiver early this year. I think they're probably heading the veteran route. And we all know, you know, Rodgers in that list he reportedly gave the Jets, Odell Beckham Jr. was on it. I'd prefer DeAndre Hopkins. And there's a, the buzz is increasing more and more that DeAndre Hopkins is leaving Arizona. If you're going to go this approach with the Jets, you know, you're going to be super short-term focused. You really, and I understand Hopkins has had his own injury issues. I understand they're, you know, he's also on the wrong side of 30. But you, I mean, and I understand why you, why you go after Beckham. Because again, you got to get somebody, you got to get that second guy behind Garrett Wilson. And we know Beckham, you know, Beckham, I'm sure Beckham would love to come back to New York if the money is there. But, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, guy who I think would be a better option. Now, would Rodgers want him or does, is Rodgers focused on Beckham? I think that will play a big role in this. I think the Jets are consulting with Rodgers. It certainly seems that Rodgers has some say over personnel right now. And it's, he's been pretty vocal that, or if he hasn't been, you know, he hasn't said it explicitly, but, you know, there's been a lot of talk that he's really been pushing for Beckham. So I think the Jets, what the Jets need more than anything, it's not so much a stylistic thing, you know, they've got guy who's, you know, Garrett Wilson, who's, you know, a guy who, pretty good route runner, knows how to get separation. Got Alan Lazard, the big body guy, the guy who can make contested catches. You got the burner and Hardman. So I don't know if they need anybody with a particular style, but they need somebody who can produce volume. And I think that, you know, that'll be Odell Beckham Jr. probably. Maybe maybe they'll get in the mix for DeAndre Hopkins. That'd be my preference. But I think that clearly there's still some work to be done at the receiver position. But that's not the only spot the Jets need to figure out on the offensive side of the ball. As we continue on this Monday episode of the Locked On Jets podcast, let's turn our attention to the running back position. Jets have a star returning in Brees Hall, but what do they have behind him? What do they need behind him? We'll discuss ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. We all try and play GM from time to time. I, I do it here on this podcast. In fact, this episode, we're talking about some moves the Jets should make. Well, you've also heard me talk about this mobile game app. And if you've ever thought you'd make a good GM, you've got to give this game a try. It's not as easy as you think it would be to create a dynasty. Because when you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team. As you play through seasons, and lead your team to glory trying to build a historic dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms. You navigate your franchise through free agency, the draft, through injuries, through player personnel issues, and all the ups and downs of a season. And this all happens in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline, so you can play on the go as you want and when you want to. And Locked On Jets listeners get a free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On all caps in the game store. Again, that's Locked On in all caps, so make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Again, that's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Thank you again for making Locked On Jets your first listen or first watch every day. This podcast is free and available on all platforms. What do the Jets need to put around Aaron Rodgers? That's our discussion today, and we're focused on the offensive skill positions. We've talked about wide receiver. Let's talk about running back, where on paper, this could be a solid group. And you begin with Brees Hall, a guy who, now I'll keep saying it, and people may disagree with me on this. I think if Brees Hall stays healthy last year, the Jets still have the rookie of the year, but it's not Garrett Wilson, because Brees Hall was on one of those runs in October. And listen, I don't think he was going to end the season averaging almost six yards a carry. I think inevitably, you know, nobody can sustain that for over the long haul. But a guy who pretty much was carrying the offense on his back at a point where the Jets were not getting a lot from 
anybody else practically. Uh, the Jets really were having issues throwing the ball during that stretch with, with Brees Hall. And the other thing with Brees Hall is he just kept getting better as the as the season progressed, and it was kind of a shame to see him go down. He was getting stronger. You know, it was funny because you go back, there was a preseason game, it was a Monday night game against Atlanta in the preseason. He had a rough game because the Jets essentially played all their backup offensive linemen, and he kind of got shut down because the Jets couldn't block anybody because they were playing a bunch of backups against Atlanta starters. And he, people just kind of gave up on him. It was kind of interesting to see. I saw a lot of Jets fans who just who spent the entire offseason being excited about Brees, and they kind of just, you know, forgot about him. In week one against Baltimore, he had a fumble, but he started to get better week two against Cleveland. You know, a couple weeks later, he, you know, two weeks after that, he scored the game-winning touchdown in the comeback win against the Steelers. And from that point, he took off. He had a game against Miami one week after that where he almost had 200 yards from scrimmage, and he was you know making big plays left and right before he unfortunately got injured against the Denver Broncos. Now, what kind of back is Brees? You know, Brees features as, as, profiles as the kind of guy who should be able to do it all. Coming out of college, he had a reputation for being a, you know, a good a good receiving back, and we really did not see that. He had the one game against Miami, I mentioned, where he had about 100 receiving yards in that neighborhood, but he really did not do a whole lot else. He actually was pretty bad as a receiver. He had, you know, he drops, he drops some passes, you know, he struggled a little bit in pass protection. The other interesting thing about him, he's a big back. But he was, it, the Jets had a kind of a, a unique dynamic in that they had a bigger back and a smaller back. And last year, and Michael Carter was the smaller back. And when they were both healthy last year, which, you know, was only a small part of the season, the bigger back in Brees Hall was kind of the lightning. He was the guy that brought the, the speed. He was the guy that brought the, the home run ability. And the smaller back, Michael Carter, he kind of was the, the power guy. So a bit of an interesting dynamic. So what do the Jets need behind Brees Hall? Well, in an ideal world, Brees Hall would be the guy who just carries the load. But he's coming back from an injury. And I, I think Brees can be better as a receiver. I think he can be better in, you know, as a power guy. I think he's a, the type of back who has the ability to do it all. But I think, you know, coming back from an injury this serious. And the other thing is you don't want to, you know, run a back into the ground. You don't want to give him over, you know, 320, 330, 340, 350 carries. That's a lot to deal with. You want to keep him fresh, especially... For this, for the for the end of the season, and especially because you want to you want to sustain his career, you want him to be able to to play well for a number of years going forward. You don't want to you know use up all the carries. You know, running backs only have a certain amount of carries they can go and they can have before they go into decline. But especially coming back from an injury, I think the Jets definitely are going to want to keep him on the pitch count early. What can the Jets do? You know, for starters, they can look at it in the draft. I mean, there's usually a good back available day two, day three. I mean, even day three, there it's. It's not easy to find a back day three, and I, I've got to be careful because I think sometimes my language is a little too imprecise on this because I say, oh, it's easy to find a back. You can find a back anywhere. That's not oh, that's not true. But relatively speaking, it's easier to find a, a, a good back with a lower value draft pick, you know, a day two, day three pick, than it is to find a player at almost any other position. So that's the way I'd say it. But I think the, the improvement may be, or may have to be more internal because this time last year, I thought Michael Carter was a really good back. I thought he had an excellent rookie season. You know, he showed the Jet, he showed an ability to run in a tough situation. And I don't know what happened to him last year. I mean, you can blame the offensive line, but it's not like the offensive line in 2021 was that good when Carter succeeded. And after Brees went down, I still felt like the, you know, I, I felt like it was a big loss for the Jets. I felt like he was the most important player on the offense, but I felt like they'd at least be able to sustain the run game. And outside of, you know, a few Bam Knight games late in the season where Carter was benched by that point, we really did not see it out of Michael Carter. So I think the, the what the Jets really need, it's more than bringing in an, an external player, and maybe Bam Knight can 
step up in year two. He got off to a great start in 2022, but kind of faded down the stretch. I think Michael Carter's the good. The Jets just need Michael Carter to step up here. I think that they Jets, uh, you know, I, I think more than anything, that the running back position, if it's going to get better, it needs to be an internal improvement. Now, speaking of positions that need improvement, this one may not be internal. Yes, we're going to talk tight ends. We're going to talk tight ends as we continue this Monday episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. Clearly a position where the, what the Jets have has not been good enough. What can they get from these guys? Can, can they make another addition? We'll discuss the tight end position. Much to my chagrin, ahead here on this Monday episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Monday. We're talking about the pieces the Jets should be looking to add around Aaron Rodgers. We've talked about wide receivers. We've talked about running backs. Okay, let's do it. Let's talk tight ends. And if you're new to the show, I am not a big fan of the group of tight ends the Jets have right now. And it's been a long time since that we've had a group of tight ends with the Jets that I've been a fan of. Because Jets tight ends have been awful. And I know somebody's going to say, well, look at Tyler Conklin's numbers last year. Those numbers are very deceptive. I mean, you can look at you look at the production that came when the Jets were getting blown out. And he, he was producing in garbage time. You can take a look at the number of completions. You know, the the third and thirteen plays where Conklin ch- catches the check down and goes for eight yards. A lot of the Conklin production last year was empty calories. C.J. Uzama had pretty much no production last year. So it's a. I mean, you want to talk about free agent failures? Look at Jets tight ends. Those. I mean, that was just some of the worst money spent last off season. Fortunately, the Jets got DJ Reed on the defensive side of the ball, but those tight ends were like the anti DJ Reed, and they, they can't really block either. I mean, part of it was Mike Lafleur kind of used them as checkdown targets, but could either of those guys have really produced more? Well, look. I mean, with Aaron Rodgers around, you'd expect anybody to anybody who's a pass catcher to produce better numbers, but. You know, I think the Jets really should be looking to the draft this year. It's, it's supposed to be a very deep draft class. And, of course, you have Jeremy Ruckert, but Ruckert's a wild card. Let's let's call Ruckert for what he is. You know, I see people, you know, it's no, nothing wrong with being hopeful for Jeremy Ruckert. But a guy who was drafted late day three, uh, that's a guy who's probably got like a one in five. And I've looked, you know, through the years, I've, I've, I've kind of tried to like compile draft data. And what, what I've found is like guys late day three, early day four, you got about a one in five shot at being like a good role player. And sometimes a guy can be a little bit more than that. But at that point of the draft, that's not a first-round pick. It's not a second-round pick. It's not even an early third-round pick. You're talking about a guy who, you know, it was viewed at the time of the draft as like the, you know, somewhere between the 90th and 100th best player in the class. It can happen. Teams misjudge players sometimes. Sometimes players develop and become better than you're, than you're expecting. And Rucker could just become a good, you know, solid tight end. But that's different from saying I'm expecting it. It's different from saying I'm counting on it. I think what Ruckert is right now, he's a wild card. This is, and now let's not even get into the talk about Rodgers wanting to bring Mercedes Lewis to the Jets. I mean, that's a point where, I mean, that's the point where the Jets have to say, no, Aaron, we're not doing that. Listen, you got Lazard, we're going after Odell. They may even bring in Randall Cobb. I think Mercedes Lewis is where you have to draw the line. Although one thing is Lewis can still block, so maybe he still would, would be better than Jets tight end, the current group of Jets tight ends. But I think you got to focus on the draft this year. I think this is a, this is a good class. You know, lots of lots of talent there. Guys who could be available for the Jets day two. That's the sweet spot right now. And it, what amazes me is like Joe Douglas came from the Philadelphia Eagles. Joe Douglas was in the front office when the Eagles drafted Dallas Gardner, and they already had Zach Ertz. So Joe, Joe Douglas clearly can see the value of having a good tight end. He's just been bad at finding them. So I, I, for me, this is this is a spot where you... And it might be tough with Rodgers because the Jets, again, are folk, so focused on this year. And rookie tight ends don't do a whole lot. 
It's a tough position to learn because you kind of have to learn. The way I look at it is, even if it's not officially this, you kind of have to learn the. You're kind of like part offensive lineman, part receiver, because you have to learn how to block, but you also have to learn all the routes. And you have to learn the routes from in line. You have to learn them in the slot. You have to learn them on the outside, and you have to learn the blocking schemes. That's a tough spot. So you don't. You typically, if you look at, at rookie tight ends, they don't produce a whole lot. But I think that this is a spot where the Jets. I mean, it's really. The Jets are a team that should be in on tight ends this year because I don't care how much money. And the other argument that gets made is, oh, the Jets spent so much money on tight ends last year. Well, just because you spend a lot of money, that doesn't mean it's good. Obviously, that was a mistake. So, what, because we made a mistake last year, we can't fix it this year? That's where some of these arguments in the NFL that are frequently made like that make no sense. It doesn't matter how much money you spent. If the position is not any good, you still have to try and upgrade it, don't you? So... I would like to see the Jets look, really focus on the tight end in the draft this year. You know, I'm not sure there's any free agency left who who could add value, so that's the spot. So I, I think receiver has got to be a veteran signing, one of the guys still available. I think running back has to be an internal improvement in tight end. I think the Jets should look to the draft. And we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about some of the prospects they could look at at the tight end position in the days and weeks ahead here on the show. But that's all for today's episode. This has been the Lockdown Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source, please a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. Helps the channel out, helps other Jets fans find the podcast. Hope you have a great Monday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.